Welcome everybody to Spinal Network's podcast series, and uh, and and we have a, a, a special guest today. This is going to be a this is going to be a fun one. You're going to want to uh, you're going to want to set aside some time and 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 listen or watch this uh, this podcast. Uh, my name is Rick Hayden. I'm the executive director of Spinal Network, and for those who are visually impaired, I'm a white male. With a spinal cord injury manual wheelchair user wearing a great a gray collared a button-up shirt i have glasses and as much as i'd like to say i've got this wonderful head of hair i have no hair so uh and uh, and i'd also like to say look at me i'm this you know 35 year old studly guy but no i'm in my mid-60s and, and partially studly i guess huh so anyway behind me is a white background that says Spinal Network, Independence, Resources, and Community. It's, uh, the, the lettering is blue in between the L of Spinal and the N of Network. There is this orange squiggly, which I believe that the person who designed the logo was attempting to, uh, and, and uh, successfully uh, done. It's a uh, kind of a squiggly, but it probably represents a spinal cord. That's the way I'm taking it, so that's what it is. So uh, uh, with that, I'd like to introduce our guest, and we have A.J. Munoz from uh, the SDSU Adaptive Athletics Program. Welcome, A.J. Hey, how's it going, everybody? My name is A.J. Munoz, and I do represent the San Diego State University Adapted Athletics Program. Um, I am a 27-year-old Hispanic male, um, relatively decent looking with a uh, pretty fresh haircut, um, nice Nice uh, facial hair, not, not not too well done. It's still a little patchy. Um, I'm wearing a, a black Nike polo with AJ True Strength um, on that on that left chest there, and I have a white background behind me. Um, and a, uh, I'm feeling good today. Feeling good. I'm a pretty smiley guy. So so just uh, believe that when you are listening to me, I probably am smiling uh, while while I'm talking. Uh, white background behind me, like I said. Um, I'm in the office here at the Arc, and I'm excited to uh, hop right in here. Great. Well, welcome, AJ. And uh, and you know what? When you hear AJ talking, that smile comes through in uh, in the, in his uh, in his expression of speech. So uh, uh, so let's jump in. And and I have kind of a, a question that is pretty similar uh, that I start off with just to, to get the ball rolling. And so AJ, if you could kind of uh, Give us a little bit of uh, history. Kind of, uh, you can start wherever you'd like to start. Uh, preferably not, you know, when I oh, I started when I was four years old. But uh, you know, so uh, but you know, your journey that led you up to your current position over at SDSU. Yeah, and you know, to start things off, I do want to say I I, uh, I started off by saying that I represented San Diego State University Adapted Athletics. Um, but really, I, I heard this really amazing, I read this quote in a book a while ago. Um, it was by, uh, in chess, they have these grandmasters, right? The people that are at the very top of the game in chess, a global, global sport, right? Um, and he said that in order to figure out um, the path to where you're going, you need to figure out where it is. What is the end game? Where is it that you want to end up? Then we can figure out how to get there. Um, so with that in mind, you know, um, for me, what the what the end goal really is, um, at least at least right now for me, how I envision it is uh, I want to be the guy, 
the guy that you think of, the guy that you look to, the guy that you search uh, in your Google search bar um, when you're thinking, okay, how do I figure out how to train um, Paralympic athletes at the highest level um, in strength and conditioning, right? No matter what sport they're doing, uh, how am I figuring out, you know, how to work this person out to get them to their peak optimal condition? Let me figure out by searching up AJ Munoz um, and how, how, how I'm going to get there. Who knows? Maybe you're searching. And again, I said adapted athletics, but really I wear a, a multitude of hats right now. I believe it's uh, four official hats I wear right now. Uh, one is San Diego State University adapted athletics. One is AJ True Strength. So small business owner. I own my own um, fitness company in that sense. Which, which by the way, we will talk about later in this, this podcast. Oh, good, 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 good. So uh, where I do train my own personal clients, hopefully future Paralympians. I'm also a personal trainer for another private gym in Coronado, Coronado Fitness Club, um, where I train able-bodied, mostly able-bodied. I do have one adaptive surfer client there as well. Um, and then my final hat right now is I, I am an adjunct professor at Miramar College um, up in uh, up in Miramar, just starting there this, this year. So super excited about that because, uh, you know, everyone's always told me, my dad especially, has always told me that. I was born to teach, which is, you know, when you when you get into the kinesiology space, when you become a trainer, you're, you're constantly teaching people, right? Uh, it may not be in that classical classroom setting where you're lecturing people until they fall asleep, um, but constantly in the in the weight room or um, in the gym, uh, I'm constantly teaching people how to move better, how to feel better, and, um, you know, how to be prepared for anything in life. I always tell people, I tell people that I try to make things as difficult and as close to real world scenarios in the gym as possible so that they are prepared for all the weird ways that the body gets contorted out there. Right. When you got the, the classic one that I use is when you have, you know, three shopping bags in one hand and your dog in the other hand, and then you're stepping off a curb, right. Right. When that dog pulls, cause they see another dog, you need to be prepared for that because that is when you're going to get injured. You're not going to get injured when you're walking down the sidewalk or it's less likely anyway. Right. But you're going to get injured when, the body gets moved in a way that it wasn't expecting. You need to be prepared. So that's what I like to do for individuals. And the thing that's told to me, actually, um, by my, especially by my adaptive athlete clients, uh, is that, and I don't use this word lightly. This is their, this is their wording. They never feel they they never feel more crippled in their life than they're with me in the gym. And I take that as a compliment because again. If I can make them feel the most uncomfortable doing the hardest things that they ever do with me, then the rest of life is going to feel like cake, right? Trans transferring to the toilet, getting into bed, getting everything on, all that stuff is going to be a lot easier if you've already gone through what I have to put you through, right? So that's just kind of a, a little mini portion of the philosophy there. Um, but how I've gotten to this point now and hopefully to where I want to be, as I mentioned, um, really started way back when I didn't know what I wanted to do coming out of high school. So I went to community college, like a lot of people do. Um, and when I got there, I thought I was going to be a business major. I went to go pick all my classes and somehow I didn't end up with a single business class. Yeah. I ended up with, with nutrition for, for athletes. I ended up with, um, athletic training, uh, beginning athletic training and intro to kines. And I just went from there. I thought I was going to be, be a business major, but I didn't pick a single one. I don't know how that happens. And all of a sudden I said, okay, what's this athletic training business, right? What is this? Oh, so they're like, they're like physical therapists 
combined with EMTs, paramedics, right? Not only are they doing this emergency medicine on the field at the football game when somebody breaks their spinal cord on a hard tackle, but they're also in the clinic working with those athletes that maybe tore their ACL and you're rehabbing them from the time that they are injured, they go through surgery, and now they're trying to return to play months and months later, weeks and months later, right? You are there throughout that whole process, helping them not only get through the injury, but grow back better than where they were. So I fell in love with exercise and the idea of exercise science through that lens of the athletic training. And then over time, you know, I went through the four-year program there that we had, um, and I never really, we also had a, a personal training program there as well. Um, but I kind of had this idea in my head that uh, personal trainers were kind of like Cracker Jack box certifications that all these people like don't know what they're doing. They're going to injure people. Um, and obviously that was a very uh, ignorant mindset because there's a, a lot, a lot um, of amazing personal trainers out there who, who identify as personal trainers. Some who are personal trainers that identify as other things, right? But they still are in that space. Um, so that was an ignorant thought process I had way back when. But I was growing. I was growing very much. You know, that was from age 19 to 21, 22 right there. Um, finally got my degree for transfer. Still, okay, I'm like, you know what? Athletic training is cool and all, but it is time intensive to be in this space. They had me in community college, right? They had me doing 20 hours beside my schoolwork um, in the clinic or on the field, going to games, all these things, right? It was fun, but it was exhausting and it's hard to have a life. And I, I, like, to, I like to at least imagine that I can find some kind of balance between work and life. Although the people in my life probably don't think I know anything about <laughs> Right? And so I said, you know what? They have an athletic training program here at San Diego State. San Diego is where I want to be because I went and visited there and it is absolutely gorgeous. I'll figure out the rest. Um, but I don't think that I want to do, I already tried 20 hours a week. I don't think that I want to do 40 hours a week. So I said, okay, I'm going to pull back. I'm going to stay in the exercise science space, um, but I'm going to keep it minimal. So I have, you know, a lot more free time to explore other, other routes. Um, so I stayed just as an exercise generalist, went in just for the bachelor's degree. And in that time, that's exactly what I had. I had a lot more free time to explore. I went and I taught some, I was a soccer player growing up. So I went and I taught this sports for learning uh, where I would travel to different elementary schools and I would teach kids about science concepts, about the human body, about physics through sport. And we would be playing soccer um, and going to all these elementary schools doing that. That was fun for a while. It got me out doing something different. Um, and I did enjoy it, but it wasn't something that I was ultimately the most passionate about. And then, and then, and then a friend approached me uh, while we were playing soccer and he said, Hey, you know, after this, I'm going to my club meeting um, and it, it should be a really good one. You know, normally we just talk about the basics, you know, what the next event is going to be, blah, blah, blah. But today we're actually going to have um, a current Paralympian come in and, you know, speak to our group and, and tell us what it's like to be a Paralympian 21 year old guy. And I said, okay, that sounds pretty interesting. You know what? I know nothing about this at this time. I didn't know the difference between para and special Olympics, right? Um, which I have now that I've been in this space realized that a majority of the population does not know the difference between the Paralympics. Yeah, and the yeah that's the truth. And it's very, very true. And um, that, that can definitely incite some uh, frustration, um, some, some, some passionate frustration there. 
But then I had to remember where I was, right? Before I realized what the space was. I'm like, wait a second. Yes, I had no idea either. So I can't blame you. Let me educate you, right? But going back, I said, okay, I'll go to this meeting. I'll check it out. I don't know if this is for me. I don't know who any of you are or who this person is, but let's check it out. Um, and I remember being there and I remember kind of sitting and waiting, chit-chatting with everybody and thinking to myself, okay, this is going to be uh, an athlete, but it's going to be a para-athlete and there's going to be an obvious difference, right? I had this idea in my head. It's going to be this kind of a skinny guy that came in for a participation trophy a couple times, right? Couldn't be further from the truth. And I'm embarrassed at how my thought process was then again, 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 20, 22, 23 years old now, right? And, uh, and the ignorant thought process still, right? Assuming that I know things that I really do not know anything about. But luckily, I was in the right mindset to learn, right? I was in, in college. That's the time to learn. This guy comes in. His name is um, Nick Rogers. He, at the time, was one of the fastest men on two blades um, at, at the time running the 100 meter, I think 200 meter. Um, so double below the knee amputee. So he's running on two blades, right? Um, and uh, the amount of speed that you can get. Yeah. Just uh, for people who may not know, when we're talking blades, these are these are competitive prosthesis. Uh, instead of a a what you would see normally is a foot with a shoe on it. You, it's it's really a curved blade, and it's a, a and kind of an energy storing type thing. Where and that's and and anybody who's you've probably seen some commercials and you're looking to what the world is on the end of, of that person's stumps. And um, it's, and that's probably what you're seeing is, is uh, a competitive blade. Just yeah. so that. No, I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, again, again, now that I'm in the space, I'm, I'm assuming all the things that I know now, I forget what I didn't know. Right. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. So these things, right. Whereas you would see an, an everyday prosthesis as, um, some combination of like a, a sturdy pole. Oh, those lights are coming off on me. Uh, a sturdy pole, or um, or some kind of knee mimicking me mechanization, right? That uh, that allows for some kind of bending to allow for that normal gait walking process, right? These blades um, are similar in that they do are they are trying to allow for that normal gait process, but now in a more sports specific um, phase, right? Now we're in that. We're, we're running, whether it's a light jog, whether you have a knee or you don't have a knee and they have to provide one for you, right? Um, generally, generally, and this is changing, you won't put um, a prosthetic knee into a racing prosthetic, but this is that's starting to change because the technology was just, it didn't make any sense. It's like, oh God, this looks, this looks like someone's going to get hurt. Yeah. Nowadays, instead of swinging out with that, with that post, right, with the blade attached at the bottom, now they're really starting to get these interesting mechanisms that the knee is flipping out and then they're, they're gripping it, right? So that blade really curves to allow for this spring-like, oh, there's the lights. One second, let me turn this on. So you, you really allow for this, um, exactly like you said, this energy storage type situation where it's like a spring, it's almost like a scoop that when you land, it's absorbing and then allowing you to use that force if you're, if you're skilled enough to use that force to your advantage, right? And if you're not skilled enough, you might just flip on your butt, uh, which I'm sure I would if I ever tried that. Um, so Nick Rogers is coming into this meeting um, and the moment he walks in, he's 21 years old, right? He's a young guy, um, but he's he's had a world of experience beyond anything I could imagine, right? And, and I've had plenty of experiences at that time in my life as well. 
um, but nothing that this kid has, right? I mean, the parents had decided to amputate his, uh, his legs below the knee. Um, young, I mean, his parents were like 19 years old, 18, 19 years old, right? And they decided, you know what, based on what the doctor said, the best option, instead of putting him in a wheelchair, we're gonna chop off his legs below the knee, right? And, um, and put him in prosthetic. And let's just, let's just hope uh, against hope that everything's gonna work out for this kid, right? Thank God it did. Um, this, this, this Nick Rogers fellow walks in and I mean, my jaw drops. And everything that I imagined that a elite level sprinter should look like, should move like, walked into that room with these broad shoulders and these biceps and this, this everything, right? I mean, I forgot he was missing the legs. Um, he was walking, right? He was just walking straight through the room. I forgot everything until he took one off and put it right on the table in front of my face. And I was like, whoa, well, <laughs> we're all just like looking at this, this piece of, this piece of hardware, right? It's all carbon fiber and titanium, right? As light as possible, trying to mimic the human body, which is a surprisingly difficult thing to mimic. The human is absolutely insane. Um, and then he just kind of tells his story to us, right? And um, he speaks so well for someone that's 21 years old, you know, there's a lot of life lessons um, behind the words that he speaks that he's had to go through. Um, and that really began the journey. That right there was the moment where I was like, okay, wait a second. Um, now that wasn't, that wasn't the moment that it all came together, but that is the moment where the journey truly started to go in that direction. And I realized, okay, wait, there is a population of athletes here who are trying to push the limits of human ability, but are under-resourced, underfunded. They need people with expertise in what they're doing. And they're a lot more humble than these able-bodied athletes that I've worked with, right? These able-bodied athletes that feel that they are the number one thing, the best thing since sliced bread. They've got these egos and everything, not all of them, but a lot of them. Um, and I'm like, okay, wait a second. Here's a group that I think I can get in with. And that I think that we could, we could mesh really well. So from there, I, I finished up. That was about freshman, sophomore year, or sorry, that was my transfer year into SDSU. I finished off my degree and, um, you know, not much has happened in that space for me yet, but then the adapted athletics program 2018 finally becomes official. Right. And I had volunteered at an event because of this adaptive sports for the Aztec adaptive sports student organization. Um, and I said, oh, wait a second. Like, I remember now you guys had that showcase where there was wheelchair basketball, where there was seated volleyball. And now it's summertime between my senior year and my first year of my master's degree, right? I do have my master's in kinesiology and nutrition. Um, and now I see that you're having, you're having this tennis, this wheelchair tennis showcase. I want to go out there and meet this guy named Akil Whitehead and say, hey, you don't know me. I have kind of met you one time, but I want to do all of your strength and conditioning for your athletes because, because, because I see what you're trying to do here. You're trying to make a high caliber elite level program for people with, for athletes with disabilities, physical disabilities, and the hallmark of a program becoming more and more elite is that more and more of their resources for those elite athletes are in-house, right? Right now, you've got a couple things going on uh, with, with tennis and with track and field. You don't have nutrition. 
your strength and conditioning is actually just one day a week for the athletes to go to the gym if they feel like it over in downtown San Diego, right? Which is a ways away. And if you go into the car, it's impossible unless you, you can use the trolley. Let me bring that in-house. And he gave me a shot. There was a lot of, um, a lot of progressions to that, but he gave me a shot, not knowing what I could do. I didn't even know what I could do because I didn't have any experience. Um, but he gave me the shot and I, I, he hasn't looked back since. So I guess I'm doing something right. That's good, right? He's brought me on this far. Um, so then I've been with them during my master's degree. I got my internship down at the formerly called the Olympic Training Center down in Chula Vista, California, um, which is just a hop, skip and a jump from San Diego. Uh, if you can imagine that there's something more south than San Diego, but still considered the United States, it would be, <laughs> it would be Chula Vista um, right before the border there. Um, and so that's where I got to work with uh, a lot of Paralympians and Olympians um, there under the direction of the athletic training, the, the strength and conditioning staff there. Um, and I got to, there was a moment again, and I'll, I'll, be, I'll be done with this now. I know you said I could ramble, but I got to close <laughs> it. But that was the moment when it all came together again. And I, I couldn't help myself, but have this out-of-body experience because I'm there on my first day of my internship um, at one of the highest levels of sport possible, right? And who walks in for his training session? But Nick Rogers, right? The guy who had started it all for me walked in so that he could get his workout in after he just finished his track practice, right? It's just another day for him. And I'm there and I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, there he is, right? And I'm older than this guy. This guy this, this, I'm older than this guy, right? But I'm, I'm looking up to him so much at this point because he's the one that ignited the journey that brought me to that point. Um, and I shook his hand and I, I explained that I was at that meeting, that he probably doesn't remember me and he didn't. Um, and then, you know, we went through the whole season. He went to nationals. He, had, he ended up going to, uh, to Tokyo. He, but uh, at nationals, you know, he was having this. He was really down on himself. He was feeling low on self-esteem. And I gave my, my idol in the pair of space a pep talk to get him back out on the track. You know, I was the one that gave him that pep talk. And, and I'm there like, wow, like this world is crazy right now. You introduced me to this sport, and now I'm giving you a pep talk to make sure that you can get back out on that track and give it your all. Um, and and I, I saved his. I asked him if I if I could have his bib that said Rogers on it, you know, from the from the trials. And he gave that to me, so I still have that hanging up in my little my little mini home office. And um, the rest is history. Now now I'm fully in the space, San Diego State University. I am the uh, sports performance director here. I run the strength and conditioning, coordinate the coaches, and what we call our high performance partners. Um, I do AJ True Strength, where I'm where I'm trying to build Paralympians out of uh, community members um, who, who want to compete at that highest level as well. And um, we're rocking and rolling, trying to build trying to build my own personal version of of the gold standard for strength and conditioning for uh, the adaptive athlete for that future Paralympic athlete or current Paralympic athlete. Um, and that's in the work. The timeline is LA 2028. If I'm not the guy by LA 2028 then or maybe 27 right before 2028 uh then i probably missed the boat because at that point i think the world is going to be aware of how amazing this population is and if you're not on top of it if you're not the first first come in there then you're not going to be the first served anymore yeah so that brings us to today it brings us right current now uh, just just not only for myself but for those listening or if you happen to be watching this, SDSU has, there's really three athletic components. Uh, and if you could, I mean, you know, you've talked about the one where the, the high end, more elite athlete, 
what is is that what is the name of that particular component so sdsu's yeah yeah so sdsu adapted athletics and i want to say that it, i would say that there's three um activity adaptive activity slash fitness okay um components at sdsu right okay. Um, one of them being uh, us, who, who is the newest to, to, to the school as an official program, right? And we are, we have been so far historically um, since 2018 focused on elite level athletes trying to be at the top of their game, right? Um, former junior national athletes in track and field, wheelchair tennis, hopefully expanding into other sports, right? And trying to build them up to work at an elite level in their training while getting, while getting that four-year high-level education at SDSU at the university level. Um, but, now, but now we're moving into bringing in that recreational component as well. So still having that elite status um, with, with some of the athletes, but also being open to having that recreational side for not only students, but also hopefully community members soon as well. So that's the adapted, that's A-D-A-P-T-E-D, athletics. And then we have the student organization that helped to um, create us, right? And that was, that was back when Akil Whitehead, now the director of this program, um, he was the president of the Aztec Adaptive Sports Organization. And yeah. that Aztec Adaptive, T-I-V-E. Sports. Adaptive Sports, right? So AAS, right? That he was the president of that program. I, I believe he was the president. If not, he was at least on you know on their exact board, basically. Uh, but he was he was the guy. He was the guy for them. Uh, I'm pretty sure he was the president. And uh, so he used that organization created with Dr. Antoinette Domingo um, and a few others. Um, she's in the in the physical therapy program. Still a huge part of our adapted athletics program now. Um, and they used the organization created then to slowly build what is now the Adapted Athletics Program, right? And so that organization is student run. Ours is an actual program with employees and all that stuff, right? Um, there is a, there's is a, the AAS, Aztec Adaptive Sports is a student run organization okay. uh, with, with a faculty led, you know, mentor component. Um, mm -hmm. And they create, they, they're, they're helping to create awareness of adaptive sports um, for the, for the San Diego State University community so that they understand what's going on and they're, they're putting on, they're putting all these things. They had a seated volleyball uh, thing just the other week. And then before that, they did this huge Tokyo Vision event um, where we had uh, Paralympians, wheelchair basketball, triathlon, swimming, and, um, and track and field all come onto the stage with this panel led by Travis Ricks, um, who I'm sure you've heard about, 14 years at the Challenge Athlete Foundation. Um, Travis Ricks there phenomenal guy. And so he was kind of leading that. I, I introduced everybody, but he kind of led the discussion for that panel. Amazing. Amazing. That one's linked on YouTube. Um, that one is a, a fun one to watch, just watching that discussion behind all of them. And then the third component, right, this third program, um, which is actually unrelated to ours, unrelated to the adapted TED, to the adaptive T-I-V-E. My spelling's terrible, but the third one is the uh, adaptive fitness clinic, right? And that is what many of the community members probably uh, for many, many years, I'm not sure how long they've been around, but a long time, um, are most aware of, I assume, because they work with um, adaptive fitness components, kind of like just one-on-one -on -one personal training over across the street from, I'm looking across the street at, at Peterson Gym from the ARC. Um, that's where they work one-on-one -on -one with 
with clients, uh, whether it's spinal cord injury, a traumatic brain injury, cerebral palsy, all you name it, they're they're, they're probably working with them all from the community. Um, and they have students, it's a mandatory part of your kinesiology degree for, for most of the kinesiology degrees here for bachelors. You have to do um, as an internship experience, you have to go in there, learn about how to work with that population. And then you, you're, you're paired with a client. And that, that client has been working with a different student from last semester. Now they're with you, you see all their notes, what they've been working on. You try to communicate with your client if they're, if they're verbal, uh, many times they're nonverbal as well. Um, and then you, you're just working with the client. Sometimes the client's just stretching and maybe some movements and maybe getting some head and some eye movement. Some clients are in there trying to trying to get on the uh, on the rowers and trying to work on all kinds of crazy stuff, trying to work on walking. Huge array. Um, but they have been there for a long time. And um, I forget the name of the, the two, two or three heads over there. Uh, but relatively, we don't communicate too much with them. They're, they're kind of doing their own thing. Um, and we're doing ours. But I imagine that that's going to change soon with our recreational side of things coming. So the Adaptive Fitness Clinic is connected to the Adapted Athletics? Or the Adaptive? Nope, nope, not connected, right? It's um, it just standalone. Yeah, that, that, that's their own thing. Yeah, Aztec Adaptive Sports and SDSU Adapted Athletics connected. Oh, okay. So those are connected then. It connected, yeah, in the sense that uh, we have we have uh, common members, and that they're the AAS is is kind of meant to help bring awareness to what we're doing and help kind of one two punch when we do like events and stuff, right? Whereas the fitness clinic is 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 their own thing. And speaking, of, you mentioned events, and one thing we'll be hopefully be able to tap into the Aztec Adaptive Sports for volunteers. Uh huh. Just want to get this up. First of all. Uh, Spinal Network and SDSU Adapted Athletics are part of a networking group in San Diego County called MCAP, which stands for uh, Mobility Community Access Partners. And there's 15 of us connected. I'm not going to go into all 15, It's but you're talking to who's who, Social Security and Department of Rehab, Workability 3, uh, you know, nonprofits, a couple of businesses, it's, it's, uh, we're all connected. And we're collaborating on an event, June 4th, from 10 to three at uh, Crown Point, a Mission Bay. And it's a, an adaptive sports and recreation day. And, uh, you know, we're still working out a couple of the, you know, of the uh, sports and recreation activities that we'll be offering but uh, it's just stay tuned and you can go to www.spinal-network.org if, uh, if you want to um, keep checking in on that and see um, where that's at. Uh, and, and we just got confirmation. So we got the permit. So it's good. We are good to go. Uh, it's, uh, we've got about 12 minutes, um, let's say 10 minutes. And I want to make sure that we we really get a chance to talk about your your particular business, which is True Strength. And, and you had talked about working with elite athletes, but I know we've also talked that that you you can um, you have the ability, and you may have clients that are not the elite athlete, but they they are folks with disabilities that are looking for somebody who understands their disability. 
and can put together and help uh, help them through a fitness program. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to I'd like to finish talking about true strength. Mm, yeah, well, I really do appreciate that. Um, yeah, so AJ True Strength. You know, not that I have a big ego that I need my name on it, but it was the first one that came to my mind. Uh, it was um, founded in in let's see, 20, 2020, I guess now officially. It was uh, the day after my birthday is when the the um, Secretary of State said, hey, all right, you're official now. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thanks for the birthday present. Yeah. Right. So, uh, you know, during the pandemic, it, like I said, uh, like we talked about a little bit off um, off screen and maybe that became pretty obvious to those that are listening that I do a lot of different stuff and maybe too many things. And so there's not a lot of free time. Right. Um, so all of a sudden there was kind of this I was just about to finish my master's degree. And there was this uh, this huge lull, right, called the pandemic, where everything kind of stopped and slowed down. And all of a sudden, all the things that I was spending my time doing uh, either stopped or became virtual and a lot less time intensive, right? Um, School included, uh, training in adaptive athletics, right, for a while became virtual. So I just was kind of giving workouts to my athletes. Um, Wherever they were, they all went home. I said, okay, so now that I am not making any money anywhere, getting these um, unemployment checks, right? And they were pretty thick at the time, right? There was the extra boost in those things. Okay, how can I use this money? This pandemic's not going to last forever, even though it feels like it has. Uh, how can I use this money that I'm coming in now and this free time to, to help solidify what's going to happen in the future? And I said, okay, um, my family has always been business owners. My dad has his uh, embroidery business that we've had in our house ever since I was a kid. Um, so I know what it's like to, to be a small business owner. At least I've seen it. Um, so let's, let's, let's do this. Let's create this. Let's, let's have the mission. Let's have the vision of, you know, the main goal of working with athletes that want to get to the top, that want to at least, they want to engage in high level sports. Um, whether they're always going to be at the top when they start, maybe not necessarily, but that, that's a great goal to have. Um, and, and, and let's get it started, right? I've, I've started to create this community, right? People are starting to know who I am. Working at um, the, where I first first started with it was the Invictus Fitness, uh, CrossFit Invictus, which is a, a CrossFit gym in downtown San Diego, very well known in the CrossFit world. Um, but they also had a Wednesday session in the middle of the day for um, adaptive athletes, right? Um, so I got to meet a huge portion of the wheelchair population there. Um, quite a few of them had been a part of the Wolfpack wheelchair basketball team, um, which we ended up now becoming a really important connection. Um, so shout out to Jaime and uh, Coach Scott and Junior and all of them um, for, for kind of bringing me into the space. Uh, you know, we kind of have just helped each other out over the, the last couple of years now. Um, and so now... Now I'm starting to build this program, right? Uh, kind of on my own in the background when I'm not doing all those other crazy things. It, it's one of the hats that I wear. And that's actually how I got the, uh, the nice logo on here because the dad has his business, right? His embroidery business. So we need to talk to you about that after. Oh, we'll talk about it. Yeah, it's good stuff. Everywhere I go, I, I always I always hype up his business. Every band, every soccer team I've ever been on. I'm like, oh, you know, my dad does shirts. You know that, right? Um, but uh, We especially need to talk now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and so uh, just slowly been building, you know, it, it's it's kind of been on the on the back, the, the back line right now. Got all my certifications, the strength and conditioning, went to an adaptive fitness thing. And I'm thinking to myself, OK, I know that I can make a version of this 
that works for um, people with disabilities. And I know that I can make a version of this that will get people to learn how to work with people with disabilities. So that's ultimately how to make the greatest area of effect, right? Not just to work with the population, but to teach others your methodology and your philosophy to work with that population. And that is the key, I think. So the, the main goal is gonna be to teach, to make new trainers that know what I know and can do what I do for the population, right? And so, I mean, experience-wise right now, I'm, uh, I'm really heavy in the wheelchair basketball space. Um, so in that space, we've got individuals, a lot of spina bifida, a lot of spinal cord injury, um, TBIs, cerebral palsy, um, uh, arthrogryposis, transverse myelitis, right? All these different disabilities. Um, and if I haven't mentioned your disability, it's not that, it's either one, I haven't worked with it yet, or two, trust me, it's not going to be that much different because all those disabilities, none of them manifest exactly the same. You could be a complete T11 and activate some completely different things than, a, than another complete T11 right next to you, right? And when it's incomplete, that's even crazier. Um, yeah. Cerebral palsy, you might be right-sided, left-sided, um, a lower body, upper body. You might just have you know, you might have just barely any kind of impairment. You might be severely impaired, right? Where, where you are very not, you're very uh, not independent, right? Um, all of these disabilities manifest so differently. And that is kind of the beauty of the space, I think, that really draws me in even more. Not just the population that is in need um, and, uh, and is under-resourced, but also that it's, it's like a puzzle. It's like a detective work, right? It's a mystery every time. Okay, let me take a look. I have the scheme in my head of what I know that the classic able-bodied individual can be. You know, I'm looking at the Vitruvian man in my head, right? The, uh, the, 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 that, classic, that classic drawing by Da Vinci. Okay, okay, we got that. That's, that's the scheme, okay? Now, what's the scheme for a wheelchair user, right? And luckily, I did a, my master's thesis at the end of my, of my degree on wheelchair basketball injuries. So now I have this wheelchair this wheelchair athlete scheme in my head. Okay, here's the basis. Now, what's going on? What can we activate? What can't we activate? And if you can't turn that muscle on right now, if it's not working for you, is it because no one's forced you to? Or is it because there's really just no innervation there and it's never going to happen? Usually that's not the case. Usually it's that, you know, you worked really hard in your PT, then the insurance ran out or whatever. And then all of that work kind of started slowly degrading because the at-home work that they gave you, you stopped doing it after a while. So then you come in and you see me now and we're going to make you work, right? We're going to do quite a few similar things that the PTs are doing, right? Because all that is some really good stuff. We're going to work on those rotator cuffs. We're going to work on the strengthening of the, of the foundation, but we're also going to make you really uncomfortable. And you better get comfortable being uncomfortable because if you're not, and you're stuck in this, I need to do these little things in my box, then the rest of the world is going to stay very difficult for you. But if you get out of your comfort zone when you're in my box, right, then the rest of the world is going to start to get a lot easier for you. And you're going to start to thrive, not just survive, right? And as much as the, I love PTs, they're bound by certain rules in our, in our, in our society, unfortunately, right, with the way things work with the financials and the, and the health system, they help you survive whatever it is that you're going through, but it's hard for them to help you thrive 
when it's not considered whatever the, whatever the terminology is going to get used by the insurance companies, right? Uh, it's not medically necessary. They've done every, you've done everything that you need to do to make them so they're independent enough. But people need more than that. Able-bodied athletes and individuals are given more than that. People with disabilities deserve more than that. They deserve to thrive. And that's what I hopefully help people do. People think I'm a very patient guy because I work with people with physical disabilities. And I'm actually very impatient. If you can't tell by how fast I talk, very impatient. And sometimes that's what people with disabilities need to get out of their comfort zone. You know, you had mentioned earlier, and it just sparked, you know, when you're talking about working with elite athletes, which is really a small, very small part of the population. And so the majority of individuals with, uh, with a disability that are looking to get involved and, and, you know, have a fitness program designed that they can, you know, work on, uh, you know, week after week, month after month with, with the intent. I mean, their goal is to become stronger so that they can become more independent and, and, and their independence is easier because of their level of fitness. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the vast majority of folks um, and what they're looking for. And, uh, and you know that because you mm-hmm. mentioned it and, and that's something that you do. So um, yeah, kudos, uh, because it's having fitness stru- instructors that understand that as well as understanding the disability, uh, extremely hard to find. So, yeah. yeah. And, and I do want to say that I, you know, I say elite athletes, um, really eliteness to me isn't what you're doing physically right now, right? I, I don't care if you're on the, the wheelchair basketball national team, but your mindset needs to be elite. And I'm pretty picky about that when it comes to my clients. I don't, I don't work with just anybody with a physical disability, but you need to have somewhat of an athletic or elite mindset. And what I mean by that is somebody that I have to tell them, yo, stop, don't do another rep versus me having to work with somebody that I have to beg them, like, come on, let's get one, one more. One more. Come on, it'll be good yeah. for you. Blah, blah. That's not who I work with. That's the patience part of me, unfortunately, right? I want to be able to, to say, yo, you got to stop because you need to rest so that you can do a, a high quality rep on the next round next week, okay? But let's, let's, let's dial it back right now. I appreciate the effort, but let's dial it back. That's who I love to work yeah. with. Yeah. Well, we've got uh, just a, a minute or two left i've got the reason i'm looking this way is because that's where the clock is okay (laughs) and um uh so first of all you give your website and your email um and uh, enough where slow enough where people can jot it down because they're not going to be able to see this however i if if you look at the description when you find this podcast i will have uh, all the links will be in there everything from our YouTube link for our podcast channel, a link to all the podcast platforms that we use where you can find this. Um, and, and you'll have uh, AJ's, uh, a link to AJ. So you'll know how to uh, find where he is and get in touch with him. Yeah. I appreciate that. I know it's hard. It's hard on this, on this format to kind of have it like written out. Like a yeah, link. Yeah. Appreciate that. So, uh, the website is ajtruestrength.com. And I debated I debated that name after I first picked it. I was like, oh, man, people do, and myself included, I already tried to, to spell it for you guys earlier. Um, but people do have a hard time with spelling the word strength. And uh, it, it is 
E-N-G-T-H, uh, despite what my what my dad might think when he tried to make these shirts the first time. Um, <laughs> but uh, so it's ajtruestrength.com. Um, and uh, the email address is coachaj at ajtruestrength.com as well. So it's just that that website at the end of it, coachaj at, and then that website, ajtruestrength, all one word, dot com. Um, and that's what it's all about, right? It's about showing what true strength can really be. It's about showing the world um, how you can be truly strong and all the different misconceptions, even in the able-bodied population, about what true strength uh, really is. Yeah. Um, and, and kind of just breaking those, uh, breaking what we think. And this podcast, so everybody knows, this podcast will be uploaded and available to listen to you or to watch. Um, I'm going to give myself just a little leeway, but by 5 p.m. today. So... Uh, you know, you can, uh, um, you know, you can go to our website. I'm going to make sure that AJ has the information, you know, uh, if in the event that he has a place that he wants to put uh, the, um, the link to the podcast. And uh, thanks everybody for joining us. Uh, if, if you've been joining us right along, then thanks for um for being a loyal listener and for supporting our efforts. And um, AJ, thanks. Thanks for being here and sharing all that with everybody. And um, if you're following what Spinal Network does and any of the events, especially that one on uh, June 4th, that where there are uh, 15 of us, 15 organizations that will be collaborating, um, you'll get a chance to meet AJ uh, because he is, uh, agreed to do an adaptive fitness um, workshop. So yes, go out there and you'll be able to get information on it. You'll be able to see what it's all about. So thanks everybody. I appreciate, I appreciate you all and um, have a, just have a great day. Thank you so much, everybody. I appreciate it.